Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam. Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together we defend Castle Grayskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 31st chapter in Tales of Eternia. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise is, obviously, TFG1. Mike, hello. Hello, how are you? I am not in a place where I need to complain, so I guess I'm doing fine. There's, <laughs> you could complain, but nobody will listen. That's right. <laughs> so, sir. The complaint department is cold, closed. Yeah, taking no complaint. <laughs> I used to have a sign in my, uh, in my classroom that said... Uh, what did it say? It was a sign of a grenade. <laughs> it said something about like uh, something about the complaint department. I don't know. I'd have to look that up, but it was it was funny. Um, so, anyways, are you ready for the powers of Grayskull, sir? Yes, we both are. All right, Cringer <laughs> and Mike are ready. Um, in this episode of Tales of Eternia, we will be giving you our thoughts on episode ninety, things that go bump in the night. Episode 91, Three on a Dare, and episode 92, Just a Little Eye. So we hope you're ready, because it's time to go back to Eternia. Are you ready? Ready as we'll ever be. Get on with it, Orko. Make your birthday wish. Hmm, let's see. What's changing color? Hurry up. Oh, maybe, oh, wait, just wait. You want to wait? All right. A great big wait for the king. Orko. No real harm done. Orko, can you whip up a magic cake? Orko? Now, where'd he go? Poor little guy. Boy, he must really feel bad. Well, 
Let's just go tell him it's all right. Ah, gee, I always mess things up. I sure wish my magic worked better. What's this? Oh, wow! A brand new Stratoblaster. It's King Randor's present from the gang. Hmm, top's down. Well, who knows? Just my brain. I better put it up. Now, let's see. Maybe it's this one. Up. We must save him quickly. Yeah, it's interesting how uh, Cringer went from a cat to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we start this week's episode with episode 90, Things That Go Bump in the Night, or Things That Go Bark at the Door. Um, written by John Curtin. Air date of Monday, October 15th, 1984. And it's all about a young boy named Glitch who must overcome his great fear to help He-Man stop Skeletor and to save his father. Um, we have Clawful, uh, Evelyn, and Skeletor in here. And we have the main masters as well, um, with uh, the Queen and King both making an appearance. The PSA was... Go ahead. still have no idea why you list Adam and He-Man as two different characters. Because <laughs> sometimes it'd be interesting to see if He-Man didn't show up in an episode, but Prince Adam did. Oh, okay. Um, the PSA, for example, is Adam using He-Man's voice. Yeah. <laughs> talking about fears, admitting he was once afraid of the dark, and how fear is good when it makes you use caution, and only a fool fears nothing. Um, as far as Orko's fun facts for this episode in the script, when Adam is knocked out, Cringer draws the Sword of Power and places it in Adam's hand, making the transformation into He-Man slightly more believable. <laughs> and uh, there's a scene removed from the script had He-Man complete the transformation and then look for Cringer upon finding him trying to be disguised as a statue. Um, what were your thoughts about things that go bump in the night? It's. I'm trying to think of an in-between point of a really, really good written 80s action cartoon and a really, really bad one, and the only thing I can come up with for... I can't even come up with a really good one, because the only thing I can think of, it's not as good as some of the Transformers writing, but it's not as horrible as some of the mask writing. Yeah. <laughs> this episode... Oh, God. It just... Outside of Adam and Cringer and He-Man and all that with the power sword and everything else, outside of that, it's like... Ugh. I, I think the only Castle Grayskull moment I have is about an action He-Man takes, uh, which he should have done like at the beginning of the series. Um, the plot is just not... <laughs> Things that go bump in the night. I expected this to be a Halloween-themed... I mean... I mean, hell, they, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this later on in the podcast. Uh, I forget which episode it is, but we have, like, a special thing or whatever else. Once the holidays get here, we'll talk about He-Man and She-Ra at Christmas, but I'm really surprised they didn't turn this into a Halloween episode, honestly. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I guess I don't have a problem with them having the idea to have an episode centered around fear. Um... Because a lot of kids are afraid of a lot of things, dark, uh, height, spiders, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so I don't necessarily have them 
have a problem with them addressing that as the center of an issue, but uh, or of an episode. But I don't know. I, I think it would have been more effective if they had played upon the fears of the established characters. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were dealing with uh, Tila's fears or Man at Arms fears or Orko's fears or, or maybe a bunch of the evil warriors fears uh, to to bring in the kid and kind of have him be the center of everything mm-hmm. that's tired and um, already been done to too, too much. <laughs> so <laughs> To death. <laughs> yeah, it's been done to death and it would have been more believable. Even if, I'm even trying to think of me as a kid. Like I would have, if I had a, let's say I was afraid of heights or something, um, you know, and then I see He-Man or, or you know, Ram Man or somebody like that dealing with a, a fear of heights, then maybe it would have had an impact on me. But just to see another little kid whiny and scared and stuff like that, that just makes me. It doesn't help my fear at all. Nope. Having the big old strong guy like He-Man say, "Hey, don't worry about being afraid of something." Yeah, whatever. But if and I honestly, see you these... be afraid of something, then maybe it'd be yeah. a little different. And honestly, we've already done the. F- I mean, it's great to, like you already said, you know, showcase a episode about fear and dealing with fears. But we've already seen this kind of thing before with Orko. Technically, there should not be any. We should not have had a cousin Jeremy, a cousin um, uh, Ed Weiner. We, we we shouldn't have had any of these other kids. Honestly, all you got to do for all these lessons, just give them to Orko and make him learn and make him grow as a character. Right. Instead of just making him the butt of the joke the entire series. This is why I love what um, what they did, and it's a little off topic, but. It, it's on, but it's off. Uh, that's why I love what they did with the DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe crossover comic that DC did last year into this year, where they actually took Orko, had something happen to him, and because of that, he became the villain of the story. You know, um, he basically gets infected by Horde Prime's skull, for anyone that doesn't know. Um, you know, so that's interesting. But basically just having yet another write-off child. Like I said last time in episode 30, these episodes have to... Outside of the Rainbow Warrior, I don't remember a really, really awesome good episode in the last, maybe, between this one uh, and 29 and 28 of the podcast. I don't remember an episode where I just absolutely gushed about it other than Rainbow Warrior. And these things have to get better, and sadly, this is not a good start. Yeah, um, Rainbow Warrior at, uh, which was the 23rd episode of this season, before mm-hmm. that, um, the, it was Disappearing Dragons and Origin of the Sorceress, uh, Yeah, that we both rated pretty high, which were episodes uh, 16 and 12 of this season, season. so yeah. it's been a little bit, you know, so if you take the last... 12 episodes we've only had one that we've both liked yep so and it's not gonna get any better yeah it's uh you're in for a rough ride today guys so uh, yeah we'll be right back (laughs) as we try to dig up some castle gray skull moments for things that go bump in the night skeletor i'm not cut out for this i thought it would be exciting 
here, but looting and plundering, well, that's not for me. What a pity. Now take your chances, you snivelling little coward. Miserable wimp off Snake Mountain. Let this snivelling coward find his way through the enchanted forest. No! Don't send me out there! I'm afraid of the forest! Please! Oh, please! There, that should hold it until we can get it back to my workshop. There they are, Cringer. Boy, are we glad to find you. I hope we didn't miss anything. Don't worry, He-Man was here. Even if you weren't. Don't try coming back. <laughs> All right, we're at Castle Grayskull for things that go bump in the night. I know you said you only have one thing, so what was that? <laughs> finally, it only took him 90 episodes, but finally he man snapped the Havoc Staff in half. That was so awesome. <laughs> you stole one of my only Castle Grayskull moments. <laughs> Probably the only moment, honestly. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty epic. I I wrote that down immediately with some exclamation points, like yeah. "Bam!" He freaking snapped the havoc staff. So that was a cool moment. My other one would be the whole idea that I thought it was cool that Cringer was trying to help in the process of uh, the transformation. Um, that he was trying to help. Uh, Adam become He-Man, you know, takes the sword. He says, he's even the one that says, uh, by the power of Grayskull. Um, and I just thought that was a cool touch to have the Cringer, who doesn't usually want to do anything like that, uh, be the one that was helping out to try to get He-Man there to save the day. Yep. So those were uh, my two moments for this episode. Quick stay at Castle Grayskull, and I guess we'll make our way for uh, Snake Mountain, which... I have a feeling we're going to be spending more time at Snake Mountain lately than uh, mm -hmm. recent past. So let's uh, let's go get comfortable at Snake Mountain. Just don't sit in on any chairs that have spikes in them. Oh, wait, they all do. You are all right. Now, we'll do our best to make sure that condition doesn't persist too much longer. <laughs> Clawful, evil Lynn. Clawful, take your hover robots and make certain something unfortunate happens to our guests. <laughs> and take along our precious little glitch. Oh, look. I think I made a big mistake coming here in the first place. Too late. You should have thought of that before you joined up. But you promised I could go home whenever I wanted. Promises come in handy. Only when you can find a fool to believe them. <laughs> All right, we find ourselves at Snake Mountain getting entrenched here. Um, I actually don't have a lot from Snake Mountain because this was one of those episodes where it wasn't good. It was a bad episode. 
but it wasn't one that I was like pissed off about this moment and pissed off about that moment and this was bad and that was bad. It was just like it was just bad in general and mainly the the number one reason why this episode was bad was because of glitch. Um glitch is annoying as fuck. And first of all, who the hell names their kid glitch? Well, it was a glitch. It was a glitch in the system to include uh-huh. glitch in this episode. So maybe if you yeah. take him out, send him to this episode on the warriors or um, on the heroes and have them deal with fear, maybe it'd be a better episode. But instead, this kid's involved. Going to Skeletor is just... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's lame. That wouldn't happen. First of all, it takes away from the, it takes away from the image of Skeletor. Skeletor mm-hmm. is supposed to be this intimidating, freaky, scary thing for a kid. A kid would not want to see Skeletor. He looks like a skeleton. All right? Um, and he's known in this world of Eternia as, you know, the worst person, basically, as the evil villain. And no kid, especially a kid who's scared of things, is going to then go to Skeletor for anything. Mm-hmm. He would have pissed his pants before going well, to Skeletor. Squinch already tried it. I mean, again, we've seen this already with Squinch from from He-Man's version of the Burbills or whatever the hell they're called or the Widgets or whatever. I mean, Squinch already went to Skeletor, so why do we need this episode? We, sh- we shouldn't. No. I have six things. Um, unlike you, there were a few things uh, that really pissed me off. Um, uh, so Clawful, this isn't a pissed off moment, but so Clawful wants to rule, huh? That has never been said before with the character. Boo! Like, Beastman has said he, he often wants to overthrow Skeletor and rule himself. He's been saying that since the very first episode we covered. Yeah, and Evelyn has said that multiple times. Yeah, Evelyn has said that multiple times. Merman has wanted to take over a few times. Never have I ever heard Clawful in the short amount of time that I've seen him on screen say that he wants to rule Eternia instead of Skeletor until this moment. Screw you, writer. <laughs> um, yuck, Marlena's voice is different. Yuck. Ugh. Um, I know this episode is all about being brave and everything else, and I know Adam was hurt, but he didn't even... Okay, and this kind of try... Now now that you said uh, Cringer does it, but, um, like, when I originally wrote this down, I didn't notice that Cringer had done it, but he doesn't even draw the power sword, and then it just shows the stock animation right away. Um, so... Uh, I think like, we'll deal with that too in a later date about the drawing of the sword. So, right, and well, see, here's the thing. It's like I, I, I think it's like you said in the very short-lived Castle Grayskull moments. I think it's great that they showed Cringer doing it. The problem I have with it is that they didn't allow the animation to have Adam. Like we did, we didn't allow him to see him get up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. It just it goes from Cringer to hey he's up he's alive 
it, it just it was just too weird for me. Um, are you fucking kidding me? The boy's father believes the guy with the skull for a face instead of the boy. What the fuck was this writer thinking? Oh my god. He wasn't respecting some of the characters, in my opinion. No, not at all. Um, and I'm going to steal TV's Mr. Neil line, TV's Mr. Neil's line. The best thing about this episode is that it ended. It ended. <laughs> and as you already said, uh, He-Man's voice coming from Adam in the PSA again, weird. Yeah, minor nitpick there, but a flub nonetheless. Yeah. Let's see what kind of awards and rankings we have. Hold on to your seats there as we get ready for things <laughs> that go bump in the night. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion. Skeletor. Right. Now, uh, if you'll excuse me, I, uh... Things that go bump in the night. Um, hey, it's the last segment for this episode. Uh, <laughs> Havoc Staff, sir? We're not even going to talk about Power Swords. You got some Havoc Staff uh, to give out? <laughs> okay. Um, I- I'm going to do something that I've we've never done Uh-oh. before. I'm going to hang this writer over a bed of spikes, and I'm going to have at least 20 different Havoc staffs hitting him all over his body as he's hanging upside down and the blood is rushing to his head. This is by far the worst writing in the history of this show. Um, there might be some competition for that title. But, uh, I mean, he's up there. just for the characterization of just how he botches all of the characters. Uh, so, yeah. I want to basically give this guy a Havoc Staff Mortal Kombat style, pretty much. Cause, Fatality. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right. Um, I will also be giving a Havoc Staff, even though it was broken in, in the episode. <laughs> um, and my Havoc Staff, I... We'll avoid the writer since he's already been dealing with a traumatic yeah. experience from you. Um, <laughs> and I will take the Havoc Staff and throw it across and hit Glitch right in the face with it. Um, <laughs> so Glitch gets my Havoc Staff. As far as a ranking or a rating, I have a feeling you're going to go even lower than me, but I will give this one a 1 out of 5. I did like Cringer helping with the transformation process. I did like the Havoc Staff being broken, so I will give it a 1 out of 5. As soon as the father basically turned on his son, this episode gets a big, fat 0. No love from TFG1 Mike. Not even a 1. Nope. Alright. I... E- 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 I'll admit, the Havoc Staff split in two, even though we super glued it back together for our awards segment. Uh, even though that... Yes. Um, even though that was awesome, it still does not take away from how awful... It, it, it cannot improve upon how awful this episode actually is. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, that does it for things that go bump in the night. We'll be right back with episode 91. I'm afraid it's even worse than I thought. Ballast regulator. Ballast regulator. What's this, major surgery? Our high-frequency transmitter's down, Tila. 
and you're just in time to nurse it back to health. Not today. I just stopped by to tell Father I'm taking one of the jet crawlers on a mission. Hmm. I don't know of any mission. I've been asked to take three students on a field trip to the mystical forest. You sure you don't need me to come along? I think I can hold my own with 13 and 14-year-olds. But, Tila, this transmitter's the only one on the crawler's frequency. Radio contact will be impossible. You'll have it fixed before we're two miles from the palace. Don't worry, Father. Tila, uh, maybe you should wait. I'll be fine. Resume surgery. Bye. Next up for today is episode 91. Three on a Dare, written by Misty Stewart, air date Tuesday, October 16th, 1984. Man, we are literally... I'm trying to do the math here. <laughs> Almost 30 years to the day. Wait, 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 what was the date? October 16th, 1984. We are 10 days away from that. Yeah, we're 10 days away from being exactly 30 years. 32 years, actually. No, 1984. Oh, yeah, 84, yeah, 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 I'm thinking when the show started, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so almost exactly 30 years ago today. Um, plot, Tila leads a trio of students on a field trip, but when one of them takes a dare, they find themselves trapped inside Snake Mountain. The evil warriors that we get today are Beastman, Evelyn, Merman, Trapjaw, Triclops, and of course Skeletor. We get our normal heroes... The PSA deals with Adam explaining why you shouldn't take a dare or worry what people think if you don't take a dare. Orko's fun facts. In this episode, Linda Geary voices two of the children, and Erica Scheimer voices the third, even though some sources cite Erica Scheimer as voicing two of them. That's incorrect. Um, it is unknown where Beastman's sudden fear of the word Grayskull came from, as it was never <laughs> used before or ever again. I'm actually going to call out Andy Mangles on that in my uh, Snake Mountain moment. That's that's an incorrect <laughs> statement. Um, in this episode, there's a scene in Snake Mountain where we see a shrieker flying through a hallway. And when He-Man is next to Trapjaw pursuing the villain, you can see that just behind He-Man, the cells of Tila in jail are not layered correctly. The cell covering her face should actually be behind her. Um, so some little nitpicks there and some stuff for you to, to look out for. But again, I will call out Mr. Andy Mangles because for being the super fan or whatever he wants to be, being involved with all of these uh, DVD sets and the lucky guy that gets to decide on the special features, he, he did botch that one, and I'll talk about it later. Um, but what about Three on a Dare? we got the three kids here. Um, not little kids here. We're talking about three uh, teenagers would be where I would put these guys. Um, and Tila leading them on a field trip, which ends up with some problems. What do you think about three on a dare, sir? Where's Scott Farkas when you really need him? You know, it's like, come on. Scott Ugh. Farkas. You know, a Christmas story. Oh. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this one... Uh, it's not as bad as the last one because of some of the cool villain moments in this one, specifically with your buddy Merman. But, um, again, they're just reaching. I mean, they, they just really are trying to overindulge messages to children at this point. I mean, we're 91 episodes into a 130-episode cartoon... That's, um, that means there are only 39 episodes of this show that are not that 
message heavy. I mean, the messages are there, which is great because that's what Shimer wanted them to be. But like some of these recent ones, they're just. Ugh. I'm gonna sound like a broken record here. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of dealing with a dare, just like I like the idea of them dealing with fear. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a common thing at school or on the playground for somebody to be, you know, I dare you to do this, I dare you to do that. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. always about, oh, I'm going to be weak if I don't take the dare. So I'm I'm all about them addressing that. But again, how much more effective would it have been if it was Ram Man being dared by, you know, Fisto or being dared by, you know... Orko or anyone. somebody um, yeah. else, uh, Mechanek or, or somebody. Give us two heroes and have one of them dare the other person to do something, which then leads into some type of shenanigans with the evil warriors. Would have been much more effective. Would have been like, see, that's a big tough guy. He's you know not going to dare him. Oh, but then it, you know ends up being bad, and then he could be the one giving the PSA at the end and being like, dude, when people are daring to do stuff. Look what happens. Don't do it. So we don't need humans in this episode. We don't need humans involved in this. I will say that these kids are not quite as bad as Glitch or Squinch or Jeremy. No, they're not quite as bad. But, like, was there some rule that Lou Scheimer had where every episode has to have a kid in it somewhere? whether it's one kid, two kids, three kids, ten kids, a whole, you know, army of children. Like, I understand this is a children's show, but the whole point is it's an action show for children. We're supposed to see adventures with He-Man and Tila to a lesser extent and Man-at-Arms and the rest of the Masters against the evil warriors. And then within that, there's supposed to be a message and a lesson that you learn at the end. Not necessarily every single episode going through and introducing kids that we will never see again. It's one of the most common mistakes, I think, made by adults writing Mm -hmm. kids' shows is... At least back in this time period, I, I'm not as in tune with with cartoons of, of today to know mm-hmm. if they still do it. But at least back in the 80s and the 90s, and uh, even before that, in some of the classic cartoons um, or some of the sillier cartoons in the 70s. But they feel the need, because their audience is children, to put kids in the shows either as a side character that's recurring or as these guest characters because they feel like you have to relate to the kids and you have to have the kids have somebody that they can identify with, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And it's the biggest bunch of baloney because as a kid that was growing up in that time period and as an adult looking back now, we didn't need anybody to identify with or to relate to. If there's no humans in there, we can still relate to some of the other characters. Um, we want to live in this fantasy world. We want to be Optimus Prime or He-Man or whatever. So we'll find parts of individual characters that we will relate to and identify with. It's not like you can have. It's not like you're going to have a cartoon with no kids, and we're going to be like, oh, I can't get into that cartoon because I I don't have anyone to relate to. No. And adults just it's a it's adults misstepping and viewing how kids think. Because they're so far removed from being a child. Mm-hmm. And we don't need it. We don't need it to identify with. We don't need it to relate to. We will still get hook, line, and sinker into these cartoons even more so without the kids. 
I mean, you know, you take something, and I, and I know this is out of the realm of um, of action children's cartoons, but you take something like Animaniacs. Those are puppy-looking children. They're children, but they're, you know, they're different from actual I- introducing a human child to each episode of a cartoon, and they all go through the wacky, zany adventures that they go through. And with this, it's like... I really think that all of these individual I don't I don't even think I can call these last two writers staff writers. I With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. I'm not looking at it or anything. I don't know how many other episodes they've written or anything, but like David Wise, even though he didn't care for this show that much, he was a staff, a main staff writer. Larry Dottilio helped create the series Bible and, you know, do it. You know, he was a staff writer. Roby London, he was a, st- a main staff, right? Like, why can't we have episodes by those guys? Right. Oh, Paul Dini. Paul, this is where, this is where Paul Dini kind of got his start before he went to Tiny Toons and all that stuff, and Batman and everything else he's done since. And it's like, why can't we have episodes that are well written by those people instead of just bringing in? Hey, you know, this show now is kind of reminding me of Super Mario Brothers Super Show and Adventures Super Mario Brothers Three, where the producers, directors, whatever, are just throwing scripts to people. Here, you go do this. Here, you go do that. You go do that. And it's like nobody knows what, you know, no one knows. The, you know, you've got all these writers over here in your left hand. No one knows what you're supposed to be doing over here in the right hand. It's oh, and, the, and the other thing is you don't necessarily need to insert these human characters when – well, I hate making references to Transformers <laughs> on, on this show. But, Liar. But – uh. You know, they even if you do have to have a human character or have to have a child, at least Transformers had, uh, you know, Spike, who was believable because you have aliens coming to Earth and they're going to have to have some contact with the human race. So, mm-hmm. so you have a, a connection there with that. Or even in Mask, even though he's not, you know, obviously <laughs> one of my favorite characters, the the child in there is, you know, Matt Tracker's son. So mm-hmm. it's believable there. Here. Either use the fact, either use the alter ego of Prince Adam, because he's younger, he's, you know, supposed to be this teenager, um, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be immature, he's supposed to act like a child, so either use the alter ego of Prince Adam, either use Orko, alright, or or something mm-hmm. like that. You don't need to insert these children that we don't even know where they come from, we have no vested interest in them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, at least they switched it up a little bit with this episode and gave us uh, older kids um, instead of just the, the young, sni- sniveling kids that we've gotten in recent episodes. But, again, mm-hmm. I like the idea of dealing with dares. I just think, again, it was poorly executed, but not as poorly executed as things that go bump in the night. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no. let's see what Castle Grayskull moments we have for three and a dare. She can use her belt radio to signal for a Wind Raider. Should be all right. Come on, I dare you. And I double dare you. You double dare me, huh? All right. Why not? I dare you to come up with more than four things for your Castle Grayskull moments. 
That's easy. I have six. Okay. <laughs> Cringer out of underwater. Now there's something you don't see every day. <laughs> Hats don't usually like that water. No, not usually. And bam, Merman shows up. That was awesome. And then he nearly trips back into the water. And then he smacks his face into the wall. <laughs> Merman has all the comedy moments in this one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, and then apparently Trapjar loved riding the bumper cars. <laughs> yeah, there was some funny villain moments here. Yeah, that's... that's. What about you? Um, I, again, on the kids, um, I actually have a highlight of oh, wow. moment that they are teens, so it's mm-hmm. not as annoying, and I think cartoons if they had to use these humans should use teens more than kids because when you use a little kid it's almost like you're talking down to the people you're trying to get to whereas if you're using teenagers at least the your demographic is probably a little bit younger than that so they'll look up to those characters maybe more than they will like a five-year-old or a seven-year-old um i thought it was an awesome way to get merman involved in the episode i thought it was very natural um you know, using the water setting and everything that Merman's going to be involved instead of just forcing him into a different episode. And I like that the, you know, decent moral as far as dealing with the dares. Uh, Most of that stuff I already said. So, uh, you know, the ideas were there and some of the execution with the villains moments were cool, but uh, that's all I got to say for Castle Grayskull for three on the dare. And uh, like I said, last episode, we're got a comfortable place all picked out and ready at Stank Mountain for the near future because we feel like we're going to be there a lot. So let's go visit that place and put some finishing touches on our on our new pad. Can't it be found anywhere on Eternia? Yes, Adam, there is one source. A cavern in Snake Mountain. Here we are back at our bachelor pad, Snake Mountain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the lowlights from Three on a Dare. First of all, this was a lame way to get Snake Mountain involved in an episode on Three on a Dare. It's the <laughs> only place where Rainbow Quartz exists. Really? Yeah. The only place where this gem exists is just happens to be in the evil lair. Mm-hmm. No. And I want to <laughs> rename this episode Three on a Dare. The lost episode from season one. Um... Seriously, the villains are Merman, Trapjaw, Triclops, and Beastman, and mm-hmm. Evelyn. Like, there's no of the villains that came after that. This totally has the feel of an episode that would have taken place in season one as we were still learning about all the villains and mm-hmm. trying to get, like, used to those. Um, this just doesn't even feel like it should be in season two. So, didn't like that about it. Um, Adam, not He-Man, Adam just caught... Cringer. <laughs> so is Adam as strong as He-Man? I... The only way I could kind of rationally explain it away, but you're probably going to poke holes through this, maybe the sword gives off residual energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wears the damn thing. On The only time he's not wearing it is when he's sleeping. So... Uh, I'm calling I yes on Adam catching Cringer. Um, and there is an animation error if you want to look for it uh, involving Trapjaw, uh, where there shouldn't be any way where they could have seen him, um, mm-hmm. based on how he's coming through that area or the entrance way. They, they mm-hmm. messed up. But uh, what about you? Uh, I have no idea why I wrote this down, but stubborn non-listening bitch. You could only <laughs> be talking about Tila. I I really honestly have no idea. It might have been one of the kids. I I don't. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, of course, the next line, Christ, more dumbass kids. Do we have a dumbass, stuck-up, moronic kids count on this podcast? We should. Like, yeah, we should. I triple dog dare any listener to go back and count how many dumbass kids we've had on this friggin' show. Oh, I can do that since I've been adding every character to BTBA <laughs> as we've gone through each episode. Um, and it's 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 a pretty big page up to this point, and let's uh, go back and count all the kids for our wrap up episode. Um, but yeah, too many. There's, the number there's is too many. One, yeah, there's one scene during the. During the escape, where Beast Man looks just like Vern Troyer. Oh man! Update. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, this one, like like you said earlier, it's not as bad as Bump in the Night, but at the same time, honestly, if if Bump in the Night did not have the father doing something so freaking stupid like what he did. Honestly, it probably would have gotten a little bit better score. And this one, honestly, has more fun moments with the villains for me than it does bad moments with the kids. Right. So, I mean, this one is probably 25, 29% better than the last episode we talked about. There we go. Well, let's see exactly how much better it is as we get to our awards and rankings for Three on a Dare. Where do you think you're going, Scaleface? He-Man! Trophy time! Trophy time! <laughs> Three on a dare! What do you got, sir? Power swords to all the villains. Power swords <laughs> to the evil warriors! Yeah, especially Merman. <laughs> Poor Merman! <laughs> he... <laughs> he tries so hard. <laughs> yeah. He did. Well, yeah. um, I actually don't have anybody that stood out one way or the other for me on this one. I don't just give these things out to give them out, folks. you got to earn them, uh-huh. and uh, nobody earned one. Oh, come on. You mean to tell me one of your favorite villains couldn't earn a power sword after he smacked himself into the wall? Come on. No, he was good, but not good <laughs> enough for an award. Wow. Um, Cheap bastard. Yes, I keep them very good. I only have so many I can hand out. They only shipped <laughs> us so many for this series. Um <laughs> As far as my ranking goes, I will uh, upgrade this from things that go bump in the night. Instead of a one, I will actually give this one all the way up to a three. Um, might seem a little bit high, but I like the evil warriors and the way they get involved in this. Um, and I thought it was a decent concept. I just think they could have done it a lot better. The execution on the kids' lessons and stuff could have been done better. But been the kids weren't better. as annoying as a lot of times they are. No. Honestly, the kids were pretty much second nature to me in this. This was a villain's episode for me, so I'm going to give it four out of five. Four out of five. Yep. Holy crapola. Yep. All right. For once, Mike likes an episode more than I do. <laughs> At... uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make up for it for the next one, because holy crap, the next one's bad, too. <laughs> You've only liked an episode more than me, like twice this season <laughs> so, somehow that doesn't surprise me that is impressive all right i gotta catch my breath on that one and uh, <laughs> be right back with uh episode 92 and this is the new water purification plant prince Dale. 
this pipe will be fitted into this machinery. It's huge. This is more amazing than anything my father has back in Dipuria. Dipuria, my uncle Stefan's kingdom by the sea. It's in danger of attack, so Prince Dal was sent here where it's safe. Dal, this is our friend Orko. Hello, Orko. I'm glad to meet you. We've been showing Dal the palace and the underground caverns, and all of the sights seem to make him less homesick. It's not hard to be homesick for Dipuria. Ah, come on. I'll show you some places so beautiful, you'll forget all about Dipuria. Now go ahead, Dal. We'll see you later. Let's go. See? Isn't this the most beautiful place you've ever seen? It's nice enough, but in Diperia, the sea carved shapes even more fantastic than these. It's a truly magical place. Well, this place is magical, too. We have lots of magic, strong magic. Oh, really? Like what? Well... Like this! And what's that? Well, it's, um, well, it's the Star Crystal, the most powerful artifact in Eternia. Uh, it'll protect whoever holds it. Orko, that, that sounds too good to be true. I have an important use for it. Wait, you, you can't just... You're right. I'd better test it first to be sure. We end today with a discussion of episode 92, Just a Little Eye, written by J. Ren Stevens who we've seen before, air date Wednesday, October 17th, 1984, when Orko tells a little lie to a visiting prince, he finds he must keep spinning more and more lies to avoid a catastrophe. No evil warriors appear in this one, but we do have the regular masters. The PSA, Orko tells Tila how relieved he is that the episode is over. He doesn't have to keep track of his lies anymore. He's learned lying is dangerous to others and stressful to the liar. If there's ever a sound clip that we need... It's Orko saying that he's happy that the episode is over. <laughs> um, we can just put that in whenever we have a bad episode. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I'm trying to think if I grabbed that for the PSA. Because honestly, folks, sometimes in the production of this this podcast, there are times where I'll admit in the last month and a half or so, I've had a whole bunch of crap going on in my personal life where I've just gotten to the point where I'm so friggin' lazy. I sometimes don't put the PSAs in. <laughs> I try to, but sometimes I don't, so I'll have to check and see. I'm looking right now to see if I grab that one. As, I think I did. As far as Oracle's fun facts, uh, during the scene with the children in the Royal Palace, you can see the young boy has a small version of the Sword of Power, which he keeps raising to the sky. Um, and King Stefan's army members are actually the Royal Guard with different uh, colors, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, I forgot to mention in the last episode why I had a problem with Andy Mangles on the Oracle's fun facts. <laughs> from the previous episode. Um, the previous episode, he said, it's unknown where Beastman's sudden fear of the word Grayskull came from, as it was mm-hmm. never used before or ever again. He apparently didn't watch that episode very carefully, because it was not the word Grayskull being said that was making Beastman scared. For some reason in that episode, when the word Grayskull was said, Snake Mountain shook like an earthquake was happening. Mm-hmm. And Beastman was scared of that. He was scared because it felt like Snake Mountain was falling apart and because it felt like there was an earthquake going on because for some reason they put it in there that whenever Grayskull was said in Snake Mountain, that Snake Mountain shook. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't See, afraid I thought of the word. 
See, I thought it was the word because I could have sworn he said, don't say that. Yeah, he said, don't say that because every time they were saying that, Snake Mountain was shaking. Was shaking. Okay. Right. So just a slight difference, but he wasn't afraid of the word. He was afraid of his layer falling to pieces. Uh, um, gotcha. So anyways, uh, we have just a little lie. So, so far we've dealt with being afraid. We've dealt with being dared to do things. And now we're dealing with lying. So they're, they're hitting three big ones right at us with this episode as far as the morals go. What do you think about uh, just a little lie and the spiraling effect that the one lie has on the other, on the other, on the other? Um, <laughs> I guess you could say I was an orco till about um, 17, 18 years old then because I was so like what he was doing in this episode most of my young life, especially once I got moved from Massachusetts to here to Kentucky with my dad and my stepmom. Um, <laughs> specifically report cards is where my lies would come in. Um, and yeah, uh, lying is not You said good. it like it was a thing of the past. It, it is. <laughs> it is. There's a difference between out and out lying and telling little white lies to make people happy. Like... You know, the one and only Optimus Solo. Eh, whatever. <laughs> you know? It's not a lie. Yes, it's, it's a lie. Considering there's some Chinese person on Facebook with a fan page named Optimus Solo. <laughs> nah, that's fake. No, it's not. Anyway, um, no, this episode was a good lesson. Um, I've got a few issues with it, though, because we're X number of episodes into the series, and... I cannot believe that they haven't touched on this before. So, no. Yes? Yes. That's, That's all? It. That's it. All right. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess dealing with lines fine. Um, maybe if it wasn't back-to-back -back with the dare and the, the fear one, it'd be yeah. a little bit easier to stomach. But, uh, oh, man, it's a rough week at the office here. Um, yeah, because I think Castle Grayskull is closed, honestly. <laughs> I, I do have a few Castle Grayskull moments, okay. so let's get there real quick so I can uh, get those out of the way before we get to our home of Snake Mountain. Yes. <laughs> That's just right, Gunzer. <laughs> it isn't flood season. You better check this out. Come on, Crimson. The children! By the power of Grey Sky! Grayskull moments. Uh, don't worry, folks. Mike has not uh, died or fallen in the chasm. He's just not here for Castle Grayskull. Um, but the highlights here, it's good moral to show how lie upon lie can add up and create chaos. I like that it wasn't just about one lie, but it was about the lies building on themselves and getting kind of spiraling out of control. Um, so I like that part. Um, I thought it was a cool touch to steal the weapons um, of all the different characters so that they didn't have those. Um, Dal actually has some character 
Prince Dal, the, the mm-hmm. annoying child in this one. He actually has some character that they develop with him. It's not just a paper-thin character, so that was cool. And I like the army battle setup. Like It looked like mm-hmm. a pretty uh, big, grand-scale army going on with King Stefan's army and, and everything else, I thought. And the, or, uh, the orcs, the torques, the... Whatever, Whatever they are. Yeah. So, I mean, that looked cool. It looked like Lord of the Rings-style army, ready to battle it out. So, I mean, there was some decent moments here and there. It wasn't all bad. Um, it just wasn't all good either. And I know you don't have anything for Castle Grayskull, so we will segue right into Snake Mountain. Well, I'd better go tell Man-at-Arms so he can fix it. Well, what did you tell He-Man that we didn't know what happened? It was the Star Crystal. Uh, exactly. Uh, He-Man would never let us keep it because it's it's so powerful. In fact, it's too powerful to carry around. You better let me put it in a safe place. All right, back to Snake Mountain. I will start with one of my common complaints, which is the voice of King Stefan. Um, <laughs> I was the voices. On some of the side characters and guest characters are, are sometimes awful in this series, and King Stefan is a prime example of that. Uh, I could have dealt without hearing him at all. Um, what do you have for this episode for Snake Mountain? Um, you know, um, for King Stefan, as much as we all love John Irwin, his voice for him was just way too deep. It was just way too much, like you said. Um, man, seriously, we're 91 episodes into this, and Orko hasn't learned that lying is very bad, seriously? And then the rest of it is just boring. Yeah, I can see that. Not huge moments, but not good moments. Nope. Alright, well, let's see, for the final time today, what we rank, and what kind of... Let's see if I will relinquish the grasp on one of my treasured (laughs) awards here. Morning. Orko, have you seen Prince Dal? Uh, no, not since yesterday. Why? Well, Prince Dal is gone. I went to wake him this morning and his bed hasn't been slept in. Oh, no. All right. Hardware time for the last time today. And I do have something to give out. And that <laughs> will be a Havoc Staff. It's the only thing I've given out today. A Havoc Staff to the liar himself, and that is Orko. Yeah, I'm not going to give anything out, but I, 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 I can agree with that. Yeah. yeah, he lied, and then he lied again, and then he lied again, and then he lied some more. Liar, liar, pants on fire, havoc staff for you. <laughs> um, as far as the episode rating, I think it was better than things that go bump in a night. I think it was worse mm-hmm. than three on a dare. I ended with a straight two and a half on this one. One for me. One for TFG1. Mike, yeah. putting the one in your name. It just isn't... Like, I I wrote down no Castle Grayskull moments, ladies and gentlemen. If I don't write any Castle Grayskull moments down, if I don't find anything interesting or cool in, this ep- in an episode, then that... At the same time, I didn't find anything like I did earlier in... Um, in the other episode where I gave it a fat zero, so, you know, just just a one. Fair enough. Alright, so that caps off the terrible episodes for today. We'll be yeah. right back with our overall thoughts, and uh, 
and get you out of here. Is there something that frightens you? Are you afraid of water or high places? I used to be afraid of the dark when I was little. Some fears are good if they make you more careful. Fear of fire may save you from a burn. Fear of getting hurt may make you think twice before trying something. So fear is nothing to be concerned about. As a matter of fact, it's healthy. So don't worry. Only a fool fears nothing. Now I'm afraid it's time to go. Bye for now. Remote Control is the new TV podcast from the GeekCast Radio Network. We'll be covering TV shows and topics from the year 2000 to whenever now is. We'll have special themed episodes entitled Pilot and Season Premieres, as well as Finishing Finales. We'll also have Season Pass episodes, where we take a look at an entire season of a TV show. Remote Control can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and www.geekcastradio.com. So tune in, because we are all remote controlled. Taking a dare doesn't prove you're brave or smart. It could prove you're pretty foolish, because most of the time it will get you or someone else in trouble. The smartest thing to do is not to take a dare and not to worry about what people will think. If you only do what you think is right, you'll come out the winner. Don't learn the hard way, like the children in today's story. Until next time, so long. Hello, geeks. Want a podcast that covers a vast array of topics with no rhyme or reason? Then check out Altered Geek Unlimited, where the topics fly more or less off the cuff. We cover media news, TV, our favorite geek products, and of course, your feedback. So get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. Boy, am I glad today's adventure's over. Why is that, Oracle? Because I was having a hard time keeping track of my lies. Each one led to another and another and another. It was exhausting. Well, that sounds like a pretty valuable lesson. Oh, yes, it is. I learned that lying is not only very dangerous to other people, but painful for me as well. I'll always tell the truth from now on. Are you sure? Positively. Well, we'll all see you soon again. And that's no lie. All right. We're back, giving up our overall thoughts here on the series so far, and I just have to say that the series is in trouble if it continues on this path. Um, man, man, man. Uh, if you look at where we are at this point compared to where we were at this point in Season 1, both of us were rating Season 1 much higher than we were Season 2 at this exact point, mm-hmm. um, which is not good. I thought Season 2 was going to be an improvement, um, which, for all intents and purposes... For me, the first 13 episodes of season two, mm-hmm. I gave nothing below a three mm-hmm. for the first 13 episodes. Um, but in the last <laughs> in the last eight episodes, I've only given one episode more than a three. Mm-hmm. So it's taken a turn for the worst about the 20th episode of season three, which was about episode 80, season 85, two. Or season yeah. two, 85 episode overall from from the 85th episode on we have been uh, going down a bad path with the rainbow warrior being the one um exception and look we got 38 episodes left mm-hmm. about um so i mean depending on those episodes it's either gonna make or break season two here um, mm-hmm. we need to get back to the beginning where it wasn't necessarily like great episode after great episode, but they were solid. They were solid enough where I was given threes, three and a half, fours, um, mm-hmm. fours out. So I, I'm fine if it gets back to that point. I'm not asking for all fives, but if 
but if we keep going down this one, one and a half, two, two and a half for the rest of this series, then it is going to put a tarnish on the series overall and season two especially. So mm-hmm. things need to turn around and they need to turn around fast. I remember as a kid, this series was exciting. There was great stuff in it. I remember several episodes and I don't even think we've we've seen a couple of them, but I remember there was a whole VHS basically for Battle Cat back in the day. And it was all like the greatest battles of, I'm still waiting for the Battle Cat versus Panthor fight. Damn it. (laughs) This needs to happen. If this doesn't happen before season two ends, then I'm really going to look down on this series. You know, we are trying our hardest, ladies and gentlemen, because we know we grew up with this. We know we like this as kids, but as adults, it's not as good now than it was back then. Well, I will say that having to watch every single episode, it's not as good. If we, at the very end of this, wanted mm-hmm. to we could come up with one season probably worth of good to excellent episodes we'd probably be able to to, to whittle it down to one season mm-hmm. unfortunately that leaves you know half of the episodes which would be not so good i mean i'll be interested <laughs> to see once we're totally done with this the total number that we gave fours or hires and to see yeah. how close it is to being one season worth. And, and I think the problem being that, not that it's not as good at times as we remembered, but that there's also a lot of bad. Yeah, there's a lot of bad. Yep. All right, thank you for listening to Tales of Eternia. If you'd like to get in contact with us, leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our other posts. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Either use Pogs or Tales of Eternia in the subject line. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. We still only have four iTunes reviews. I know last time I looked at the Feedburn listing that we have more than four listeners. So please go leave us us, uh, uh, iTunes reviews. Follow us on Twitter. At Geekcast Radio is the main Twitter. Mine is TFU and Mike. What is your Twitter? At Optimus Solo. And you already mentioned the website, but uh, do join there. Uh, Two Master Tim usually gives us comments on most episodes. Um, mm-hmm. So you can agree, disagree with him, agree, disagree with us, and, and give us your feedback on the website. And you can also hear him and I enduring the shittiest cartoon of the 80s mask uh, in Mass Man. Oh, it's not as the well. worst. That's the scary uh, part. Shittiest cartoon. They're, they're shitty. The I mean, yeah, I'll show you one. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Be sure to tell us your name and uh, which show you're leaving the message for, as well as there's a five to ten minute time limit. We hope you enjoyed the tales today, and don't forget to join us in our next adventure when we will continue season two, discussing episodes 93, 94, and 95. Those being one for all. Wait. When did D'Artagnan show up? (laughs) Jacob and the Widgets. Oh, no. Sounds like a band. And Orko's middle name is Trouble. No, Trouble's middle name. Yeah, Trouble's middle name is Orko. Uh, For now, I am TFG and Mike with... The one and only Optimus Solo. By the power of Grayskull, you all have the power. (laughs)
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.